is uh, This is Joe Cole. This is Ruben Loftus Cheek, and you're listening to the London, London is Blue, Blue podcast. podcast. All right, Chelsea fans, welcome back to another episode. That's right, of the London is Blue podcast. 2023 is here. 2022, the books are officially closed. Dan here, one of your hosts, alongside. The wonderful Nick Verlaney, who uh, thought the most frustrating thing of his day was going to be how poorly he hit the ball on the back nine. However, Chelsea drew against Nottingham Forest, so here we are. How you feeling about 2023 already? We're not even a, a full day in yet, and, and maybe your mood or attitude is a little different. Yeah, I mean, at least, at least the reality kicked in early this year. At least we didn't have a sense of false hope before we got into the second or third of January. You know, I think it's really nice to be brought back down to earth. Um, you know, everyone everyone left last night saying, you know what, 2023 is going to be our year, and then boom. So, yep, quality stuff all the way around. Well, no Brandon Busby here today. He made the wise decision to go on a work trip for the first week of the year and head down to Florida instead of stay in snowy Minneapolis or at least bitter cold Minneapolis. So Ollie Glanville, wonderful friend of the pod, is here. And, uh, you know, I think you'll bring a little more of that sunshine that Brandon flood for. Right. Yeah. Happy New Year, gentlemen. Um, I've got a... Yeah. <laughs> We're going to try and find something from this. Um, the window is open. Just to say, and uh, yeah, I think we're gonna see brighter days, brighter days ahead than this. To be honest. All right. Well, we're gonna talk about uh, you know, just the overall match, kind of what meant, uh, what happens when you lose Reese James, and you had a chance to see ninety minutes of that today. Uh, Potter's problems that he's running into, maybe what, and then really what could be done to try to address those. Chelsea have a ton of fixtures coming up, and uh, there's not a whole lot of stuff to take out of this match, so we want to focus on solutions rather than problems. But we'll, you know, we'll point some things out that we ha- took some took umbrage with in this match. But Nick, the patented three-word match review is here, and we have a couple trying to sum up exactly what happened against Nottingham Forest. Yep, uh, as you might guess, the uh, the three-word match reviews were not extraordinarily positive uh, today. Um, so I, I'm going to lead off with the one that I think is my favorite, and that's friend of the the pod, Andrew McDougall, with Potter's Slow Time Blues. Uh, that's that's tough to read, but fair. Uh, Stephen Smith with Frustrating Forest Fracas. Uh, Caden Carpenter with Pedestrian Pathetic Painful. Alliteration gets me every time, so you knew those were going to be in there. Uh, five takes on five stripes. Potter's Problems Persist. Under by Kukurea, which is a fantastic little hashtag. Uh, Lost in Forest, Dr. ND with N2023 already. And then a couple from Discord, uh, which is you know very much in the same vein. Bring on 2024 <laughs> and a clip show with Where's the Scotch? Um, look, all of these things are fair Real enough. Real problem solver clip show. You're yeah, just, just going right <laughs> Right to the spirits to solve you know. the, the problems there. Uh, Ali, as our guest, you have one here, which uh, had a different tone. Yeah, I mean, I'd like it to be in, a, in an increasingly more positive tone, but we are unbeaten in 2023, so I'll, <laughs> I'll stay with that. Get in! Get in! All right, Nick? Uh, I went with a Survivor-esque uh, theme, uh, which was out-fought, out-thought, out-hustled. Uh, it, was, it was not great. Oh, I'm sure we will talk about which Tiki Torch is going to be put out for a particular <laughs> player or players on your tribe. But anyway, I went not new problems because 
it seems to be the drum we continue to beat. Uh, yeah, we want to thank uh, everybody who leaves five star reviews on Apple Podcasts and also Spotify. Uh, go go do that. Go start off your new with a resolution to give thanks to your wonderful podcast friends and leave a five star review. That'd be super great. Uh, and then you know also uh, you know if you're interested in joining us on our trip to go over see Chelsea hopefully beat Leeds and Dortmund and uh, I mean guaranteed to see the Chelsea women win either their match against the Brighton women or the Conti come final. Uh, that would be the thing to be really excited for about that trip. So uh, that that's still booking. Links in the description. Uh, really, really fun time to be had. But we'll get into the match details. It was at Nottingham Forest. It was this past Sunday, January 1st, 2023, in the Premier League at the City Ground. Nottingham Forest won. Chelsea won. Goals from Raheem Sterling. And, of course, Serge Aurier out of nowhere, uh, just continuing to haunt uh, for no reason. But look, we have the fifth stand updates. We want to thank them for letting us use these updates. They will, uh, Jake, don't make it a long update. Just really condense down the audio there so we can get into the lineups. Awkward ball. Goodness me, it must be it is. Little bit lucky, but Sterling's there. And after a good forest spell, Chelsea in front. Mount. Pulisic, Havertz and Raheem Sterling all involved. Bolly, it's a mess, it's an equaliser. Serge Aurier finds Forest level, and I think you'd have to say, on the balance of the 17 minutes we've seen in this second half, it's been coming. It's a mess! All right, Nick, run us through the starting lineup and those subs. Yep, basically unchanged from uh, from the last match on the 27th against Bournemouth, except for one key change, of course. Reese James out, Cesar Espilicueta in, uh, joined in defense by Kepa, Thiago Silva, Koulibaly, and Kukurea. Midfield of Jorginho, Mason Mount, and Zakaria. Mason Mount was playing a little bit more as a 10 than an 8 in this one, so just a heads up on that. And then the forward line unchanged, Christian Pulisic, Raheem Sterling, and Kai Havertz. Uh, subs bench, uh, there were subs used of Mateo Kovacic, Hakim Ziyech making a, an appearance again, uh, Connor Gallagher, Carney Chukameka, and Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. Unused subs, Lewis Hall, Amari Hutchinson, Trev Chalaba, and Marcus Bentinelli. All right, and as we go through the top-line stats, Chelsea with a whopping 72% possession with two shots on target to Nottingham Forest, five, seven shots in total to their 12. Uh, we have plenty of touches, plenty of passes. Uh, we did not do well as well in the tackles, 15 to 18. Uh, 17 clearances, two corners, uh, two offsides, two yellow cards. How it ended with two apiece is quite questionable. And then 14 fouls conceded to their 16. XG, as it stood, was Nottingham Forest at 1.2 to Chelsea's 0.94, which sounds about right. I mean, maybe you should add a whole plus one for the Ziyech ball into the oh box that uh, it was harder to miss touching than actually uh, not knock into the back of the net. And then one random stat, 25. Chelsea have just 25 points in their 16 Premier League matches this season. Win seven, draw four, lost five. Their fewest at this stage since 2015-2016 campaign, campaign when they finished 10th listless. So, uh, Ali, the stats, the XG, the one random stat, any thoughts drifting to the top of that bright and beautiful brain? I mean, <laughs> the thing that stands out is it's, it's just not good enough, right? You're going to the city ground. This is one of the worst teams in the league. They have issues um, injuries-wise. These are the points you, you cash already. You cash ahead of time, you know? Like, this isn't the 90s anymore. We don't have an issue with Forest 
<laughs> and you know going to forest away from home this is not the forest that conquered europe right this is this is a nottingham forest that has just been promoted and has a lot of issues and you know we we didn't react to their hustle and that's the kind of most disappointing part of it i mean i'm sure we'll come to it um there's a there's a diagram here that um the ops are posted about uh, momentum and what's so obvious is again that we're so weak after half time right that that initial 10 minutes after half time it used to be either side of half time under Tuchel but that initial 10 minutes after half time it's just when you have to hit us and we seem to not have an answer at the moment and uh we'll get to it but like taking off our one hustle player in Zakaria wasn't the one for that 10 minute spell and it kind of led to that that corner so it is what it is well, even though it was a draw, we, we do have an Envy pet shithouse moment in the match. Oh, actually, two! Two? Wow, okay. 2023, you are a different beast altogether. Yeah, uh, I, I loved when Mason Mount did not clip the heels of Brennan Johnson going out of bounds and got up and told them to fuck off like four or five times in a row. That was, that was peak Mason. That was really a lot of fun. Uh, and then Zakaria just got into uh, the mixer with a couple of players. There was a couple of off the ball <laughs> trips and clips and shoves and stuff like that. And I, I like to see that. I mean, not only of course, does he have the frame uh, of a, of a professional boxer, but he is someone that uh, is, is tough and physical. And we need that presence because we have a lot of like slight skill players in this team. So uh, I liked, I like to see that uh, just a little bit of shit house. Uh, we actually need a lot more of it. Well, we are going to take a very quick break and getting to all the specifics of this match. So thank you to the sponsors for supporting the show and we will be right back. Did you hear that a Lionel Messi trading card recently sold for over $500,000 on golden auctions? Golden is the leading and most trusted destination for some of the most significant pieces of sports and pop culture collectibles. And better yet, it's not just for high ticket items. Golden's new always-on marketplace and weekly auctions start at just $5. That means collectors of all kinds can enjoy the same quality, convenience, and seamless user experience that Golden is known for. Whether you are looking to buy, sell, grade, or vault, Golden has something for everyone. It's your one-stop shop destination for the love of collecting. Looking to buy a collectible? Good idea. While the S&P 500 fell by an average of nearly 20%, collectibles like trading cards actually increased in value. Looking to sell a collectible? Now is the time to do it. Golden is offering all sellers up to 50% off marketplace fees before February 17th. Head over to golden.co to get started. That's G-O-L-D-I-N dot C-O to get started. All right, well... Very evident. Reese James missing is a problem. A surprise to no one in the year 2023 or 2022 or 2021. Whatever it is, Reese James not being there is a bad thing. And it did highlight some major problems with a right-handed side defense that involved Koulibaly and Espelqueta, which did not pair up to have a great day against Nottingham's attackers. But I guess... Ali, you know, we talked a little bit about Koulibaly before the start of the season. And there was a lot of excitement about his transition to the Premier League, the fact that we've been after him a long time. And now 
we're at this point where we're having a very serious conversation about how he hasn't fully adapted to what he would need to do to really bring the best of his game to the forefront. And really, I think this underlines, too, why Chelsea are in the market for a center back uh, in Batashile to come into the side as well. And so I just want to throw it to you for that one to start at just like a how are we feeling about Koulibaly right now in general and maybe using a little bit of this appearance as a just a reference point for people? Yeah, I mean, our issues at the moment stem from a lot of sort of relatively older players. I mean, 31 isn't old, right? But in terms of football uh, and a new league and adaptation, it is. We're talking about a player who probably should have signed for us four, maybe five years ago. Um, and it, and at that time, he would have found it far easier to adapt to the league, right? Um, it's the similar thing to Rudiger, where he took around eight, maybe 12 months to adapt to this league as well. And then from then on, he kind of excelled, right? And he became one of our, our key members in a Champions League winning squad. But Koulibaly is not at that age now where he can instantly adapt to this league. And we're seeing it as well with Aspi. We're seeing it as well with Georgie where they're kind of diving in to to tackles because they're worried about being challenged pace-wise and, and physicality-wise. And in a league like the Premier League, you don't get those moments of mercy. You don't get those moments to take a breath and be like, I can recover now. You know, I, I'm going to track Brennan Johnson back for 40 yards. You know, I'm, I'm going to win this 50-50 with Taiwo Awani, like... You have to be on it constantly. And I think that's why the club is going out and, and looking at uh, Benoit Badiashile, but also, um, you know, looking at recalling uh, Colwell in the summer, obviously. Because sport at the moment, but football, and especially the Premier League, is a, is a young man's game right now. There's so much kind of energy and dynamism that's needed to play at the very top level in all these games in however many games that Gianni Infantino wants to add to the fixture schedule and Arsene Wenger wants to add to added time, right? You need to be a young man in this game now. That's just the reality of it. And that's why, you know, we hate to say it, but that's why Arsenal are excelling at the top of the league because the vast majority of their players are under a certain age and can keep going week in, week out. And we just don't have the kind of energy reserves to do that right now. Factor that in with, you know, the loss of Rhys James, who's arguably the best player in his position in the world, and changes our whole tactical and setup. And you make your own problems, right? Um, in terms of Kaladu, yeah, you know, I love the guy. Um, I wanted him here in 2016, 2017, when he was really excelling at Napoli. And I thought he'd be a great player to bring in and have Levi as an understudy to learn from because he's exactly the same kind of profile of ball playing centre-back but what you're seeing is just the kind of exposure to to constant constant duels and when you've not adapted to the league and you're not up to that level we, we even saw it with Thiago at the beginning against you remember back with West Brom and and games like that that it's a real struggle and um that's why we're looking at players like Badiashile to come in and match this physicality that you have to show you know, for 90 minutes, game in, game out. Yeah, I mean, Ali, I think what's most concerning to me about 
experienced players in this team. Not not only the fact that, of course, you know, Koulibaly at this age is not going to have the same legs that he did previously and all that kind of stuff, is that there were many players, you mentioned three of them, but there were more than that today, who just took unnecessary positional risk all game for no reason. Uh, like... Uh, you look at the back line. My first thought, and when I saw the back line, I was a little surprised that Trev didn't play today. Apparently, he's still kind of recovering from a muscle injury, but is that it's old. It's really fucking old. I mean, you can afford to have a 38 year old Tiago Silva and maybe a Dave if you have two complementary younger players flanking them, right? I don't think you can have three. Um, and, and I think, you know, obviously, Forrest are not. This is not a good team, but we would have been punished significantly if we were playing City or Liverpool or any one of these teams that we're going to be fighting with, you know, as, as we move through the season. I, I mean, that that should be the mental side of the game that these guys should be up for. You know, I, look, Cesar Pilaqueta is not Reese James. Pretty easy to say that. But he's not going to do the same things as Reese James. What's concerning to me about his performance is that he tried to do some of those things when he can't. And I I don't know, man. I I, I was really struggling with that because Zakaria can only do so much covering on that side. Right? He can only do so much. Jorginho's going to offer very little on the other side. All right? And luckily, Kukurea has the athleticism to kind of cover off on some of it and whatever. But you kind of look at the way that that back six and I'm including both of the midfielders in that played today. And it was a lot of backwards passing. It was a lot of angsty passing between players with a lot more experience and a lot more knowledge and a lot more skill than what they showed. And I like it's forest, man. What are you scared of? (laughs) Like, why are you not going out there ready to kick the door in and just win the game four nil? I like, it bothered me. It bothered me significantly. And it, it shows that, I mean, replacements are, are coming now. Like, they have to be. That's the underlying theme that I would hope people would look to in this moment is that, yes, it's bad. <laughs> yes, yes, it is bad with the current crop of personnel. However, this is the time during the year that you have 31 days, effectively, 30 days as of time of recording, to fix problems that you either created yourself through acquiring the wrong type of players, which there's a whole episode that we could do about just looking back at the last half of the season, these first, you know, 25 matches or so, and say maybe this was a bad buy, and then also set yourself up to try and salvage as much as you can from this current season, a season where Newcastle can't find a way to lose at the moment, which you know, he's effectively taken one of the top spots in that top four, and they seemingly don't have a don't have a ton of depth, but are carrying themselves forward with enough momentum to make it difficult for others to catch up. Arsenal continue to find ways to win even after Gabriel uh, Gabriel Zeus gets injured. Uh, they still are finding ways to make it happen, and other teams pressing up and. You know, not every team, unfortunately, is going to be Spurs and have uh, maybe a total meltdown like. Uh, <laughs> Um, there's a lot that still needs to be done heading into, you know, this, this season to really put us back on the right track. And I think 
Nick, where I would take this then, because I think we highlighted that, you know, the issues with Koulibaly and, and Aspi and the need for those reinforcements, but also I think some of this stuff was also maybe in-game management was a, a question in terms of the Zakaria substitution, losing the height on the pitch uh, and, and that, that instance. We saw Potter take it on the chin recently, talking about how, yes, there should be expectations and here's how I've been talked about my entire career and showed a little bit of the the fight that I think some people have been wanting him to show a little more than just, I think, a a FIFA-style simulation of playing a manager and just having the set template answers to questions. Um, but here is the number from Opta Joe, and then I'll let you take it. One out of seven. After winning the first Premier League matches, three Premier League games under Graham Potter, Chelsea have only won one of their last seven, three draws, three losses, and none of their last four on the road, two draws, two losses, honeymoon. Yeah, I mean, it's been pretty bad. Like, I, I don't think it's hard to say that. Like, we're, we're not playing good football right now. Um, we, we showed spurts against Bournemouth where we were playing a little bit better, where the passing was more vertical. Um, and I think, frankly, Bournemouth are a better side than Forest. Um, the way they play is better. And I think they're more disciplined typically, but Bournemouth let us just have the ball. And I think if, if we're in a position where we can kind of dally on the ball and pass it back and forth and Jorginho has time to pick out a pass or whatever, like that's a really good recipe for success for us. But Forrest just didn't let us do that at all. So yeah, like Connor Gallagher's not a midfield replacement for Zakaria. It can't happen. I mean, that's a bad substitution. I know we're limited in what we can do, but that's a really poor sub. Carney Chukwameka is not a replacement for Christian Pulisic to go score the winning goal at the end. I, I think he's a good player. He's just not going to give you that up front in that role at, with four minutes left in the game. I, like I, The subs were incredibly puzzling today. Um, you know, And I, I think he... He even summed this up, which this, this quote's a little bit worrying to me, which is, Forrest played a good game, but we're disappointed with our performance over the 90 minutes and concerned as we didn't deserve the win. I mean, it's I don't see any lies in there, Ollie. I don't see a, one lie, but if you don't deserve to beat Forrest with your performance, I, I just don't, I don't understand the mentality of, of that and, and the mentality of the players today. It, this is a chance to win two on the bounce, gain some momentum, start this this new part of the season, two, you know, roughly two-thirds left heading to a half of the season left, with some real momentum, beating teams that you should beat, and you come out today and just kind of float through the game aimlessly. It just seems so odd. Yeah. Um, I mean, you go in half-time 1-0 at, at Forest, you... You know, you're thinking, great. <laughs> you know, you don't care how you get through the next 45 minutes, but just, you know, bank those points. Um, you're talking about a team that uh, I think has gone behind seven times uh, this season um, and not can, not even scored a goal um, previously. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's concerning in, the, in that respect. But what, what, was, what was worrying really about the subs was that they felt quite prescriptive in terms of, um, they weren't really relevant to the game state that we were currently in. It was almost like Cover needed minutes, right? Cover's a key player for us. We know, you know, how great a player he can be on his day, and he's just come back from the World Cup, um, so he needs these thirty minutes, right? But 
when you actually watch the game, when you're you know when you're actually involved in it, you can see that Cover isn't the right man to bring on at that point. Um, you know, he's he's not ready for a fight right now. He's just come back from the World Cup, and Forrest, you know, there are many things they're not that great quality wise, but they will give you a fight because that's all they've got. They've got to fight to stay up this season. You know, they've not got a lot of quality. They've got all their best players out right now, like Jesse Lingard and players like that. All they're going to give you is a fight. And that kind of 10 minutes after halftime sort of summed it up, really. Um, you know, you go back to the to the stats. I think we had like 70, 72% possession, something like that. Right. And, and this is, you know, it's... <laughs> It's some. It, this is the reason why we're going for a kind of like a, a mercurial talent like Enzo Fernandez, right? When you have that amount of possession, you cannot have zero shots on target in the second half or zero shots. Full stop, right? And you know we'll park the we'll park the chance where I think Aubameyang two or three years ago just scores in his sleep and Ziyech puts the ball on a plate for him and somehow he doesn't even nose it in. <laughs> I didn't understand what happened there. Yeah, I just think he has to throw his whole body at it. But again, you're talking about a player who maybe isn't in the, the right frame of mind. He's just been dropped last week for Habits, who isn't even a striker himself. He's he's now playing like a false nine, right? So are these really the players you want to bring on in a situation where it's all about fight? Like next week, you know, against City or, or, you know, the next game against City, yes, maybe it is. And they'll want to play up to it and, you know, perform. But and a game, you know, a game against Forest, you bring on a player like Lewis Hall or Amari Hutchinson, who's just going to hustle because that's all they know, right? <laughs> they just want to fight and win the ball and and try things. And, th- and that's that's the kind of mental blocker we've got at the moment because, you know, we love Cobber. Cover's a brilliant footballer, but he's just got back from the World Cup and he's not going to win a one-on-one fight with a guy twice his size just back from the World Cup fresh. Like, he's going to worry about his body. And, and you you want him upfield, if you are going to bring him on, you want him to play, you know, may, maybe he would have been the right sub from out with just ball control in that, in that final third or something, but not back there and certainly not next to Conor Gallagher. Um you know, they, they Connor ran across him one time to go to the left because he doesn't know where to be yet. Like he hasn't had enough experience playing in the side to really know where to be. And they didn't put him in a number 10, which, of course, is, you know, best role. I mean, it, your your point about having that much possession, having that few shots is is the problem with this team. Liverpool, with that same amount of possession, would have had 20 shots, probably 10 on target, and they probably would have had three goals at halftime and then just shut up shop. Like, City, same. Arsenal right now, same, as much as that pains me. Like, it is... It's not new, though. This has been a a problem for, like, the better part of half a decade, Dan. Like, that we're seeing this team kind of dawdle around not know what to do with it, not know where their fellow player is going to be, and then we don't get any end product on any of our really great moves. It's bad. So here's the sobering reality part 
uh, which is particularly did I uh, did I not offer that? Right, no, particularly <laughs> important on New Year's Day after uh, some libations and celebrations is that when you look at five thirty eight and the probabilities of qualifying in a top four spot. Arsenal and City are both in the high 90s, and so let's just say two out of your four spots are there. Liverpool is 62% probability, Man United 55%, United at 40, uh, I'm sorry, Newcastle uh, at 46% probability, Tottenham at 18, Chelsea at 13, Brighton at 11. There's still a lot of football left, and that is something we should say. There's still plenty of football left. You get the right couple signings in here, you go off on a 15, 17, match on game uh unbeaten match run like you could make up a lot of distance and you have matches to play against multiple sides in this top amount so it's a six point potential swing however you have made the job extremely difficult and have reduced your margin for error to be very very tiny it is not microscopic yet but it is heading in that direction to figure out how you could take a razor blade to slice, slice through like a piece of hair or something to get to the end of this with a, a top four spot. And I liked the comment that our good friend Phil Chelsea Youth had, and I'll kind of end this section on that before we kind of talk about well, what comes next with the next run of games. It's this. He said, if the plans are really rebuild and job security is guaranteed regardless of where the team finishes the season, then actually rebuild, trim the fat, lose the passengers, evaluate your own options. It's not all about the market. And it can be done, as Arsenal are showing. I mean, look at how many of Arsenal's players who are contributing this season who are a academy product or someone that they have been able to develop. Some of them were smart buys. Some of them were expensive buys. Some of them were low-dollar buys. And so they have done it across a variety of different mediums to make it happen. The follow-up tweet, there's balance to be found and remaining as competitive as possible. With your transition, Chelsea are clearly not getting much out of the squad as they need to, but several members of the squad are to blame for that anyway. And so there's a host of problems. It's not all just Graham Potter's in-game management in this moment, Graham Potter's maybe squad selection. There are player issues. There is past recruitment issues. And as much as we get upset in the moment about one in particular match, which I think we all left this one very disappointed, is that... It isn't solved from one match to the next. It's about a little bit of damage mitigation from Potter. It's also about saying, if I'm safe, why wouldn't I give someone like Hutchinson a chance who is going to be here multiple windows or multiple years from now if things go right? Or Lewis Hall or someone else who is fisher, uh, fredder, uh, fitter, is fresher than others in the squad right now and doesn't need... 30 charity minutes to get caught back up to where they are. And so that being said, there's a whole host of problems that need to be plugged. Uh, and I think it, it, to me, the challenge is don't assign blame to one because you're unhappy about it. Try to pull out and look at the big picture and that like, this is a lot of fixing of systemic problems that have just continued to be under supported in terms of providing an answer for multiple years prior to this. No passengers, none. Like you cannot afford to carry passengers in the Premier League. You can't afford to carry passengers in the in the fucking Champions League. No, if you aren't willing to to do a job, we'll show you a nice way out. Like that 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 is the most annoying thing. Fans traveled, didn't get their tickets to go watch this game today, and there were multiple passengers on that field. On New Year's Day, a day of great optimism. I, like it just, it, 
it's not the end of the world, but damn, man, like th- this is not a new problem either. All right, so we're going to take our last break, but when we come back, we'll talk about what do we do for the coming round of fixtures because there's a couple more matches, two against City next week, and that isn't super great, but we're going to uh, thank these sponsors for supporting the show, and we'll be right back. All right, so we are looking at the next run of fixtures, Nick, and it is Man City on Thursday in the league, Man City on Sunday. That's right, the Man City double derby on the 8th of January. We have Fulham. <laughs> uh, you have Fulham. Palace, Liverpool, Fulham to round out the basically January plus a couple of days because February 3rd was just the next one in there. How do you feel about that run of fixtures? Um, uh, not very good. Um, I'll be honest. Like th- it's a it's a really important fixture list, though. I mean, again, we're not quite halfway through the season. I think we will be by the time we play Palace, maybe. I think Palace is right. Yeah, yeah, Palace is right, yeah. Oh, wait, is that Liverpool then? Because we play City in the FA Cup. So it'd be Liverpool. So we're looking at Liverpool as a like predominant like halfway marker for the year. I think what what I need to see is a vastly improved performance against City at home in the league. I, I do not expect us to advance in the FA Cup. That is just me being a cynic. It is what it is. Who knows? Maybe City will put out a terrible squad and maybe we get something out of it. But I need to see a vastly improved performance. Uh, from what I saw today against City. Otherwise, they will beat us significantly and badly at home, and that will be toxic for a lot of reasons. Uh, I think you have to beat Fulham twice. I think you have to beat Palace. And give me a point against Liverpool right now, and I'll be relatively pleased with that. Um, So what I'm really looking at is 10 points out of a possible 15 um, I think if you end with 10 points out of a possible 15 in January, there's work to be done. But at least it's momentum work. That's that's kind of where my head's at, Ali. Yeah, and, and to Dan's point, you know, um, we've got this artificial winter break now. Uh, we've got a couple of weeks following Liverpool, uh, which is why we've got that gap and, until Fulham at home. Um, the issue that Graham's got is that uh, he's not given himself anything to work with. There's no, we we were expecting to have this momentum to kick into this really weird run of games in January that we're kind of expecting like a zombie Premier League where anything can happen, right? Um, I see City away in the FA Cup as just a free hit, the same as the League Cup. We'll have chances to win it. They'll have chances to win it. It's just whoever finishes it on the day. Um, hopefully... Hopefully, Pooley, when he gets this chance, he will score this time and he'll take us through to the next round. It'll be glorious. Um, but yeah, City at home right now is is looking bleak. But that is the is the type of is the type of time where it's a free hit. You you know, Graham's got these these kind of big games coming up, Liverpool and City. If you can get positive results out of that, and the crowd around that's what you know the Chelsea fans travel for if you can win these games then all of a sudden it's back on your side and then you win a game against Fulham and Palace hopefully and you know the January transfer window is open we can reinforce this side and that's what 538 doesn't take into account right (laughs) you know they don't have a model for the January transfer window there's no there's no kind of complex uh, Jason of Python to run on this. Um, <laughs> there's no script to say what if Enzo Fernandez goes to Chelsea. 
And hopefully he comes in and that kind of revolutionizes our midfield and kicks us on. Yeah, plenty of things that we can point to over this run. And I would say between the two matches against City, particularly the FA Cup match, which again, we are talking about as a free hit. And I think some fans may not enjoy hearing that because of the past two decades of Chelsea, where every competition, every trophy is taken as a a way to add silverware to the cabinet. And I think when you look at the amount of injuries to the side and the lack of reinforcement currently, it's probably a little harder to envision a reality where that comes easy. But I think it's something where you kind of have to figure what what could Graham do if we were to lose that match that would make people at least feel a little bit better? Play Lewis Hall. Mm Mm-hmm. Play Amari Hutchinson. Play the people yeah. who are going to hustle because Man City is tactically great and, and they hustle. They, you know, you talk about the, you know, the forest situation where it's all hustle and no tactics or in the situation with City, it is all hustle and all tactics. And you could do a couple of things that would really, you know, put in Chukwameka, right? You could do a couple of fun things that, would help you understand and really get these players up to speed on what you want them to do in a in a real game, in a real fixture against one of the best sides in Europe and in the Premier League. And then that gives you a little more to do. And you can also then hold some of your senior players more accountable and say, hey, in this match that we ended up losing or we weren't maybe necessarily as competitive, I put you know, Jorginho next to one of them in one match, Kovacic next to another one of them in another match, and just see what happens. Be like, look, you didn't perform, and this player, this youth talent, outworked you. So I now have just cause to go to you and say, you are not going to be starting the next run of matches because I'm going to put them in instead. And, like, that's, to me, one of the easier wins that Graham Potter could have is by doing something like that, Ollie, that I, I, I do... You feel like there's maybe the online supporter uh, sympathy to Graham Potter is uh, evaporated <laughs> to the most part, um, or it is an its uh, last kind of dying embers. Um, but maybe from your perspective, uh, from the uh, on the ground vibes, what what maybe is that feeling? And do you think that's a good kind of strategy for how Graham Potter kind of wins back some of that? Uh, positive enthusiasm people had maybe at the beginning of his tenure. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, you you want Graham because, you know, his reputation precedes him in terms of uh, blood and young talent and developing those players. You want to see, you know, we saw David uh, Dutra Fafana in the crowd today. Maybe he gets involved in the FA Cup as well. Um, Amari is, you know, an undoubted talent, Amari Hutchinson. Um, and it's a bit baffling, to be honest, how he hasn't seen more minutes uh, currently when there's been such an issue with goals. I mean, we were talking, you know, if you look at the league table, don't, by the way, uh, just, <laughs> just for your sake, don't do it. But um, in terms of goals, we have 20 goals this season. 20 goals over 16 games is just not Chelsea level. It's just not good enough, right? So if the issue is goals conceded, because our goals... Our, our goals, sorry, our goals for rather goals conceded is not really that big an issue. We've only conceded 18 goals this season, but those goals mean so much more because we don't score as many as we should, right? So it has that massive effect on our momentum. We shouldn't have been in a position today where one goal that was just a pot shot from uh, Aurier 
on his left foot of all things through Kepa's legs should be an equalizer. It shouldn't. We should be three 0 up at that point. We're playing Forest away, you know. This, is, but this is where we are. So we need to find a way in order to encourage that enthusiasm and trying more things going forward, rather than taking risks at the back, which is what we're doing at the moment. And there are a couple of moments in the first half where Thiago and Kaladu released Kai over the top and he couldn't control the ball. He couldn't take it down and he couldn't finish. And maybe that's where someone like a, a Fafana comes in and finds his niche. You know, he gets a game in the FA Cup against maybe a weakened City side, finds a goal, you know, becomes an instant hero at the Etihad and that's it. You know, that's where you kick on. That's how football works. It's all these little natural or, or unnatural uh, little advantages that you play off. Um, but what I would say is you have to, if you're talking about Vision 2030, uh, you know, as Phil has talked about on this pod before and, and others, um, you have to start blooding youngsters when the senior players or the established first team players aren't playing up to scratch. You know, they will offer you something more. They will offer you energy at the very least. And they will try things as Lewis Hall, you know, showed against City in the League Cup when I thought he was pretty exceptional and made Rico uh, Rico Lewis look pretty bog standard, to be honest. Um, so it is what it is. But what I would say is Graham has a kind of instant uh, opportunity to reply to this negativity, right? You know, we haven't lost in 2023 yet, but we expected to win today. And we, we've got City coming up. And if you beat them at home, you know, the world's your oyster. And I think maybe the challenge is, is that Potter is also being honest in this moment and saying that we didn't maybe deserve a point based off the performance, which if you don't take a shot, in total or take a shot on target in the second half of a match against a team fighting in a relegation scrap, you probably don't wouldn't consider yourself if you just took the name off the shirt and the color off the shirt and said, hey, a Premier League side was struggled in this match. You might say, well, it's probably another relegation side. <laughs> There's a side in the lower half of the table and our attacking output and thrust have not matched that of the teams that we benchmark ourselves against this season and it is a hard realization and i think the challenge is saying hey it's chelsea it shouldn't be like this and you know what that is also a true statement it is chelsea it shouldn't be like this we are used to and conditioned to a culture of of winning a culture of instant success a culture of buying a and buying to fix a problem which uh you know it's great to see that uh, todd has uh, taken from roman's playbook in, in that regard to continue that methodology but we're also trying some new things and some of those new things are gonna work and some of those new things aren't gonna work and you can't always run away from the problem in the moment and figuring out how we move forward through this season is going to be challenging i i would hope that with the city matches that we at least are competitive in them. I think the match against City coming up on Thursday is going to be a really tough get. I don't know how quickly we can make something happen there. The FA Cup match, I, I would hope to see some more rotation. And then you got a match against Fulham. And Fulham are effectively in a, in a double game uh, week themselves 
too for that that period for you know thinking about it in a fantasy premier league format um so you know it's not like they're gonna also be challenged too and you know even though we kind of point to our squad and say we, we don't feel like we have all the right pieces we definitely have a deeper squad than Fulham, and so you would hope through rotation and talent we'd be able to get some individuals in there to give them a moment and just make it to this artificial winter break, get Fafana healthy, get Reese healthy, get a Reese replacement, get your Enzo Fernandez, maybe get a cheeky another attacker to come in as well, and you have a way to attack the last part of this season from the beginning of February all the way to the end and at least vie for and fight for as a highest spot on the table as you can reach. And I, you know, I think that that's probably the most realistic thing that we could ask for and hope for. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the issue we have is that Graham found a solution for our lack of creativity. And it was to play Raheem right-hand side with Reese behind. And as soon as Reese went off, that whole fix for the, the you know he sorted over the World Cup break broke down, and he has to find something else instantly. And and the reality is that the quality of the squad down that side, especially, is just not there right now, especially going forward. So what we need to do is just find some easy wins down that side, right? Um, find some repetitive actions that we can use game in game out with ASP or without ASP or whoever comes in, right? Because what we're doing at the moment is having to take too many risks going forward and that leaves us exposed going back. As we saw, you know, earlier in the day when when Kai was played through, he couldn't take the ball down and instantly they just hoofed the ball over the top and Brennan Johnson was in, right? That can't be allowed uh, at Chelsea. We need to have a more solid foundation than that. So what I would say is he needs to find another fix, whether that's bringing in a player of the quality of Enzo Fernandez and changing completely the tactics to revolve around the centre rather than the wide players, which I think a lot of us have, have championed potentially. Um, or, you know, find a way to get our forward players involved more on the ball because a lot of the times they look very isolated. Um, so we've just got to find some kind of easy repetitions that can beat teams like Forest and Fulham and Palace and then just find a way to get through against City and Liverpool because we can on our day turn up you know we rely massively too much on individual actions right now but those individuals can still turn up so I'm not writing us off in any game this month Um, and when we get to the end of it I'm not sure the squad will look highly the same as it does right now so there's that to look forward to. Plenty of things to look forward to, uh, including uh, Nick making his tea time by bouncing off a few minutes early here. But we're going to end this podcast uh, in short order. Uh, no day in the match. You know, it didn't feel like the right time to run one of those. But probably Thiago Silva would be the answer to that one. Um, maybe Kepa as a, uh, a second place one for uh, stopping a couple of shots that could have gone in. Uh, don't, don't feel really great about the goal, but there's a lot of... There was a lot of blame to go around there on that one. Uh, as far as the table, uh, the Spurs did lose, so that was something that is fun. Uh, if you have or want to have uh, flashbacks to what it was like watching Antonio Conte and his tenure at Chelsea, uh, but what if it went worse? Uh, go look at what's happening with Spurs right now and uh, maybe bring a little bit of levity back into your life. Uh, levity. Um, Aston Villa 2, uh, Spurs 0. Uh, Man United beat Wolves 1-0. Crystal Palace beat Bournemouth 2-0. Fulham beat Southampton 2-1. City and Everton drew. Uh, that was a uh, fun game. Erling Holland 
escaping a red card. Um, Newcastle and Leeds, 0-0. Uh, Arsenal coming back to beat Brighton uh, 4-2 after uh, Brighton did find a way to get themselves back in that one. And then Brentford beating West Ham 2-0, uh, helping us further drive down the price of uh, hopefully one Declan Rice in the future after they suffer relegation and need to sell, sell, sell. And then Liverpool 2 and Leicester 1 was the round of fixtures within this time frame. Ollie, any of those of note you want to point out in particular? I mean, yeah, I mean, the, the, the one you're looking at in terms of uh, the top of the table in terms of other fixtures is Newcastle-Arsenal, right? I mean, that's that's going to be a really interesting game for uh, uh, the rest of the Premier League. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, we win our game in hand. We go two points behind Spurs. I think if we just focus on ourselves for a moment and don't look at the table, because as Nick was saying earlier, you know, we were we're like four games off. So now three games off the middle of the Premier League. So it's, it's not like a traditional Premier League in the slightest. There is a lot of football to be played. And whether you like that or not, that's, that's the facts. You know, we still have three more games to play until we get to 19, which is, you know, half the 38 we play. So there is a lot of football to be played. We will get to this win, the end of this window and hopefully be much more reinforced and have a new style of play by the end of it. So I think, to be honest, despite how we feel tonight, there's a lot to look forward to. Well, we'll look forward to a time at which Arsenal are not top of the Premier League table at 43 points. Manchester City on second at 36. Newcastle United at 34 in third place. Manchester United at 32 at fourth place. Tottenham at 30 on in fifth place. Liverpool 28 and 6. Fulham at 25 points and seventh. Chelsea just behind them there. And uh, eighth place at 25 points as well. But uh, same goal difference. Not, not, not an ideal. Uh, anyway, on the bottom end, uh, you did have Southampton who are uh, trying to find every which way possible to uh, make it out of the Premier League finally after years of flirting around with will we, won't we. You had Wolverhampton Wanderers at 13 points in 19th place and Nottingham Forest at 14 points in 18th place. Uh, that one point up was not enough to bring them ahead of West Ham United, but uh, that is very, very close. And so uh, with that said, that's going to round out this episode. So uh, hopefully Nick is uh, doing wonderful in his golf game and uh, it's making him less frustrated than what we're doing right now. Uh, Ollie, thank you so much for joining us to talk through a little talk therapy, a little catharsis after uh, Chelsea's disappointing new year's day draw but uh we were glad to have you back yeah i mean it just i would just say just a little perspective on this like it's not gonna be all you know doom and gloom this year there's a lot to look forward to not just this window but you know for the next kind of 10 years or so so i would just take a step back and forget how you're feeling today you know it's new year new dreams we're gonna push ahead I take the long view because uh, the new year is still upon us. It is early. There's only one day gone to by probably the time you're hearing this. And uh, Chelsea have plenty of time to be a success in this calendar year, if not this season, maybe in the back half of next season. So anyway, that is going to wrap it up for this one. But until next time, Chelsea fans, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high.